Hi, everyone. Welcome to Here for the Health of It podcast. We are Columbia's hottest and fastest growing podcast, and we have a special guest for you today. Thanks for everyone that um, likes our stuff, that subscribes, that goes to our Instagram and you share those or you comment on it. We see that. We appreciate that. Um, and we have a special guest for you today. His name is Nathan Young. He's a certified life coach. Um, he is certified from the Life Coach Institute. He's a retired veteran with 25 years of service as a lieutenant colonel. And he's married to Ashley Young. They have two children and a fur baby you have on here. <laughs> uh, yes. And an active, he's currently an active member of the, military, uh, the Ministry of Brooklyn Baptist mm-hmm. Northeast Campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I thought was really cool is you're a life coach but you've got tons of years of experience. And I was talking a little bit with this beforehand where I see all these life coaches coming up that are 22 years old or 24 years old and they're saying they're a life coach and mm-hmm. they they want to have this, and I don't know if it's a status thing or what it is, but mm-hmm. this idea that they wanna help people but they don't necessarily have the life experience. So exactly. when I was talking to you, you have all this life experience in the military. Now you're also in the military in another capacity mm-hmm. at the state level and then you're also raising a family and you've been exactly. married and all the different components of that. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe t- maybe tell us a little bit about what got you into this and maybe a little bit about yourself too. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me. So uh, uh, just as you said, with uh, 25 years in the military, um, as a previous commander, uh, I spent a lot of time coaching, counseling, mentoring my soldiers. Uh, they come in from all walks of life, all kinds of issues. And so you're trying to uh, be the military guy because good order and discipline is what the military is is built on. But you also have a family readiness group that are also dealing with the spouses, the families, et cetera. So you're trying to take it from a perspective of, yeah, uh, soldier Johnny, I need you to be here on time. But also I realize you just had a baby, et cetera, et cetera. So those types of uh, conversations with the military, learning, growing, dealing with your soldiers, dealing with the life issues, being responsible. Um, and then later on that, that was as a commander. Then later on as, uh, you know, staff officers, I was, um, worked for the general officer. Uh, I have been comptroller finance. I've been logistics. Uh, so a lot of varied jobs in the military basically gave me a lot of life experiences as far as how to deal with people and understanding where they come from. So as me and Ashley, uh, started to discuss my retirement, the question came up about what was next. And so I really didn't have any ideas as far as what I wanted to do. I just ready to take a break. And so she suggested the uh, life coaching because she figured I would be good at it from the way I interact with people, the skills that I've had, uh, the different positions I've been in and that type of thing. Uh, she was either teaching or coaching. I said, well, I, I try coaching out. So uh, that's kind of how the life coaching thing came about, the and, idea. And then just to clarify for anyone listening, so Ashley Young is your wife, mm-hmm. and she's also been on the podcast in the past. And um, you guys own Everyday Wellness, yes. which is a really unique type of – it was set up as a counseling center, but mm-hmm. it's also got yoga and massage and some other health, health and yes. wellness type things and the life coaching component mm-hmm. as well. So a lot of people just look at it and they go there for counseling or therapy, but mm-hmm. then there's all these other um, what I would consider like alternative health mm-hmm. components to it as well. Um, and so how has it been fitting in there? Because I know there's a difference between a counselor, which is what your wife generally does, mm-hmm. and then what a life coach is. So maybe walk us through that. Absolutely. So when we started Everyday Wellness a couple of years ago, it was a very small, uh, intimate kind of setting. It was Ashley, another counselor, and then a massage therapy. And so over uh, over time, Ashley's 
idea was to have a holistic wellness approach, uh, the mind, body and spirit connection. Um, and so as we started to more so work that, what does that look like? Uh, that's when we started the expansion part, trying to get in more counselors, uh, more um, uh, items for people to sell, well, to uh, purchase. Uh, so again, it gets into the bath salts, all that types of stuff to help uh, the person either come in and uh, you can get a massage if you need one, rough day. You can talk to a counselor if you need to. You can get some life coaching there. You can also get some things that you can go home, some candles, bath salts, and all that kind of stuff to relax. So really her idea was to get a, a holistic approach to wellness to be able to provide that to the community. Because when you think about going to a therapist, mm-hmm. it's not always the most comforting situation or scenario, yes, yeah. or it can be nerve wracking. Exactly. Exactly. But same with a life coach. So mm-hmm. a person that's coming in to get life coaching, mm-hmm. who is that person? So all walks of life. Uh, so you have some uh, somebody that will come in, uh, high school student. Uh, the parents want to get them uh, on the right path, so to speak, with their grades, uh, life path. You know, most of the college uh, or high school kids may have a lot of influences, Internet, social media. They see all these visions and they think, well, I want to be, you know, I want to have the Escalade truck. I want to have the rims on. I want to do this and that. So, well, how you want to get there? I have no idea. So you have uh, some of those folks that they come in. The parents just want to give them a little bit more structure, more focused on where they're going with their life. So you have that. And then you have some of the uh, 30 to 40 year olds that have graduated college, uh, they're out working, now they're married, they have kids, now they feel like this, the stuff that they wanted to do, they're not accomplishing that, and they're trying to get back on track, trying to get focused. So I have some of those, and then you have some older ones that are to the point where they maybe have retired, now they're trying to figure out what am I going to do with myself now? And so we start having those conversations. So really, with life coaching, it's uh, from one end to the other, all walks of life, you know, various issues, relationship, finances, starting businesses, don't know where to start. It's just, it just all varies. Nice. <clears throat> you knew I was going to do that, right? I know, I know. Like <laughs> I the longer I waited, the, the more it just, thing it just built up. And I was like, Oh God, I'm either going to, my voice is going to crack or I'm going to just, um, one, I love first. I like that you have gray in your beard when it comes yes, to life coaching. I feel like that's like, you got the perfect look mm-hmm. and then hair regimen. What, how often are you like, are you keeping things high and tight? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you look great, but well, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, it's, it's a weekly thing for me. Okay. Uh, Ashley won't let me go full lumberjack. So I have to trim it. I got a little bit of that little mm. beard juice kind of thing going on to kind yep. of keep it soft. Cause you know, they can't stick them when you're trying to hug and kiss. <laughs> yep. on them. Uh, <laughs> so I try to keep the hair low, the beard kind of low and keep it all moisturized. And uh, normally I'm okay. And you got a local barber, right? You don't do that yourself. Mm-hmm. Correct. Local barber. So Let's I go shout him out. I do. Uh, Sonia uh, Blade. Nice. So she's uh, in the uh, Northeast. Okay. And uh, so she cuts my hair, uh, does all of this. And my son, Isaiah, she keeps him high and tight because he likes that little mohawk deal. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, I can't do that. Yep. Uh, So she is awesome. She takes care of that. Yeah. And I think so. So when they come in, talk me through Mm -hmm. after they look at your beard and they go, yep, this is the right place. Mm-hmm. what's the set what's like session one look like is it more goal setting and like kind of hearing what they mm-hmm. want to get out of it or do you have some sort of formula where you want them thinking about you know um career or finance kind of tell us a little bit about that okay excellent question so normally the first session <clears throat> 
is trying to just figure out who they are mm -hmm. uh, because coaching is very, very individualized. Um, so the first session, they, we kind of sit down, try to build some rapport. You know, who are you? What have you into? What do you want? Um, you know, just kind of getting those general things. What are you interested in? Because I mentally, I build a picture of who this person is. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to have that the first 10 to 15 minutes just to try to have break the ice and get over that. Yeah, part. Yeah. So then you start moving into, okay, so what brings you in today? That mm -hmm. kind of basic question. And it's like, well, I want to do this or I want to stop doing that. And so as we kind of have a discussion about what does that look like, uh, end result, uh, like we were, uh, sometimes, uh, the client wants to have a behavior change. Like I want to be healthy. Right. Right. And that's different from an object of, I want to lose 10 pounds. Sure. Sure. So that kind of gives me an idea of where we're going. Is this going to be a couple, uh, very focused sessions to get yeah. you where you want to be, get you a game plan, get you a process. Cause I'm re process mapping that military stuff. Or is this going to be long-term goal? And then now we build in the things along the way, uh, your key performance indicator, so to speak. Yes. How do we build these things in on the way to your uh, behavior change? So that first session really is building rapport, getting to know each other, trying to figure out generally where you want to go. Uh, and so the first session really is not really hard hitting. It's just kind of really just Get to know getting, them, yeah. getting that piece of it in. And I tell them that up front. I say the first session, you know, we'll get to know each other and I'll give you some things to kind of get you in the ballpark, yep. some homework. So then when they start coming back for session two, now we really start to dig into what is it that you really want to do and, and refine that goal. Yeah. Because, you know, one goal may be I want to lose weight versus three, four sessions in, it is I want to lose 10 pounds by this date. I'm going to track it by this right. on my fitness app. I'm doing my calorie counting. I'm increasing. So by that fourth or fifth session, we got a plan to kind of get you to where you nice. want to go. So it's just basically like, like yeah, breaking into the, mm -hmm. uh, feasible steps and more clearly painting the picture exactly. for them. Nice. Do you use anything like vision boards or affirmations or like tools like that where when you meet with them and they kind of start laying out what they want, mm -hmm. are you big in um, them like having a project to create a vision board that they can look at or r repetitively say, um, you know, positive affirmations to themselves in the morning? Understood. I don't do that part of it. Um because as they come into the sessions, so I, I took a lot of time. I built like place mats with all my stuff on it to remember to do this or remember to do that. Yep. And what I find is you spend more time trying to make sure you hit the points and you miss a lot of that nuanced stuff that they say. Right. Uh, so for me, uh, I may come into the session with a blank piece of paper. And because I'm a process map kind of guy, so we're talking and I, and I have an idea, this is where you're going. I jot a few notes down and as we're talking, I may draw a line over here and do this and then draw a line over there. And so by the time we get done with the session, I can go back through that map and walk through the things that we've talked about yeah. and where they need to go. Because it'd be something that they said they wanted last session. Now they've said this session that's contradictory. So we need to focus on that, hmm. right? Where is it now you're starting to self-defeat with thoughts or you're putting things in your environment or the system we're trying to build, this one thing is not in alignment. And that's right. where I normally see that problem. So we, it's, it's really organic in how it uh, takes nice. place. Um, but I found that the, uh, the affirmations, they are very general most of the time. Uh, if you see it, you can achieve it kind of thing but they don't really tell you how mm -hmm. you're going to do any of that. 
Right. So I try to take that types of stuff that if they say these things and they get and I try to work on breaking all these things down for them. So they normally come to a session with a pen and paper kind of thing. So while we're talking and then before the end of the session, we really get into what nice. I've noticed, what I've seen. This is what I want you to focus on going forward. And we kind of we wrap it up in the last five or 10 minutes with some homework. Uh, so I try to not come into the session with a predetermined kind of thing. Yeah. I just let it happen. And then where we go, that's where I give them the direction at the end. I think it's interesting to look at therapy, which I know you've said is mostly looking at your past mm -hmm. and how the issues or things that happened to you in the past, how mm -hmm. they're affecting you right now. And then life coaching, which is more, this is what I want to achieve, or this is where I want to go. And exactly. these are the steps that I need to take from that. And I, I guess in my head, it always would go to like financial, mm -hmm. financial or health would be mm -hmm. really the two, I guess, relationships maybe would go in there too. Mm -hmm. um, but can you walk us through maybe an idea for, let's say a person's coming in there, 28 years old, mm -hmm. haven't found the love of their life and they're looking mm -hmm. for the love of their life, mm -hmm. or they're 28 years old, they thought that they were going to be a millionaire, but they're saddled with credit card debt and their car just broke down and they can't afford it <laughs> exactly. or whatever. And those are the kind of the scenarios that I mm -hmm. envision, but it could also be, I guess, the CEO of a company who's wants to double or triple his company and it's been stagnant for three or four years and he doesn't know how to grow or mm -hmm. where to grow or who to hire. Uh, so can you just walk us through kind of what that would look like if that person walked in, how long it would probably take, what, mm -hmm. how long sessions would be, and then where you would go from there once they Understood. hit that. And so uh, most of the sessions are uh, 50 minute sessions uh, just across the board. Uh, if we need to go a little longer, that's completely fine. I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, normal sessions are once a month. Uh, if we need to meet more than that, that's fine. If we need to meet a little less than that. So it really is individualized to the person just on the, the way the sessions work. Sometimes I have a client that um, we want to do once a month because of the financial, you know, they pay for the sessions mm -hmm. uh, and we may slip in a consult here and there over the system that, you know, really is free. So that way I still can kind of keep my hands on them, so to speak, uh, if they need some additional uh, talk time. But to your example, so even the person that may walk in and hadn't found the love of their life and they're, you know, down about it or they're trying to really figure out what's wrong. Uh, so, again, it's that general conversation about, OK, um, so what have you done up to this point? Well, I club and I'm looking for this and looking for that. So, okay. So if your previous history has taught us that clubbing is not working, uh, what type of girl are you looking for or a guy that are you looking for? Well, quiet person, smart, et cetera. Okay. So are we going to find that person in the club? Mm -hmm. Right? So generally you kind of have to right. just walk through what they have done up to this point, marry that up with their expectations and then try to kind of steer them in another direction. So, you know, well, do you attend a church? Yes. Okay. Well, are you active in any ministries in the church? Do you know anyone? Do when they have events, do you go? Normally they have a singles ministry. Have you tried that? You know, so really is again, it's the things that they have that they do that they may not have explored, but their perception is they need to go over here and do something for what they've seen, TV, social media, their friends, et cetera, or dating apps, all these types of things. So really it's just trying to tailor it to the person to figure out what is going to help them that they already have access to generally. Uh, CEO of a company uh, needing to expand or grow. Uh, those are very difficult questions to kind of navigate through uh, because most of the time, you know, it's all about growth and sustainment. Everybody wants to grow, but you can't sustain what you currently mm -hmm. have. So you kind of got to work through those questions too. Okay, looking at your current staffing 
do you have the people? Because if you're a one person show, it's kind of difficult to have sure. multiple locations and you're one person doing your accounting, your finance, uh, your human resources, you're doing social media, marketing, and you got a family at home. It's like, so we're just trying to walk through like what, where you are versus where you're trying to go and just trying to break that down. So any scenario is literally like the same building blocks, uh, where you're trying to go, where you are now, and then what's a roadmap. You take 77, you want to take 20, you want to take 26. How do we get to where you're trying to go? Yeah. Have you ever encountered anyone that um, says they're at the mountaintop that mm-hmm. basically they can't get better at anything because they're already there? No, I have never run across yeah. that. We know somebody. <laughs> I've, run, I've run it. Yeah, we have. We do know somebody that, <laughs> that literally said that's amazing. Um, hmm, that is interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't use a life. Like it's like, oh yeah, I don't need one. I'm already I at the I'm at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. When I actually when I heard that, I married her. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to let that loose. Allison, (laughs) she's at the top. Um, When it comes to life like I and and success, I guess, I tend to think that people compare their one avenue to like a person that is crushing that in Mm -hmm. that said avenue, but they're not looking at balance. Is that a big thing that you that you talk about? Like, like, say somebody does want to be financially in a certain position, but then their marriage is a mess and their uh, health is a mess. Do you do you try to rein people back and kind of more look at it from an aspect of like, okay, know that you want this and and they may already be pushing really hard in, let's just use finances, like they're really, they just a workaholic, mm-hmm. um, but everything else is kind of crumbling. Mm-hmm. And but they still they don't realize that they still just want to come to you and be like, hey, I want to make more money and and work yes. harder. Do you ever steer them to like, well, let's look at these other things, because I've found like the people that actually ha- that can get to balance, then everything continues to expand mm-hmm. a lo- more rapidly than just even focusing on one area. Exactly, <clears throat> and I've seen that a couple times, and see, so uh, that part is really, I try to steer them toward the alignment part. Right. Of all of what they really are trying to do. How do all the other pieces align? Right. Mm-hmm. So you may have one that uh, owns a business and is trying to grow the business. Um, but in that first session, generally, as you're talking, like what's important to you? Well, family is important. Well, making sure that my kids are taken care of, making sure we do their right. college education, these things. So you just generally when they're talking, they tell you all this stuff. So then as you get into the session, okay, so what are you really trying to do? Well, I want to be a self-made millionaire. Like, okay, uh, let's talk about that. Right. right? And so really they're trying to focus on the financial part, trying to grow the business, trying to do all that stuff. And I say, okay, then you're listening, talking, having a conversation. So then it turns into, okay, well, what does your wife think about that? Well, she doesn't like that at all. I'm never at home. Okay. So if your wife is not on board with your goal, I mean, does that help or hinder your motivation to continue these goals? Because how does what is your home life like? Just yeah. asking questions, probing questions, uh, open ended, just to kind of see where this conversation is going. So, a couple of sessions down the road, you kind of get into the part where they're discussing. Um, really, the goal has been this way, and it is impacting every other aspect of the life because it's out of alignment and it's yeah. out of balance. So then you. 
you just start having a conversation like, well, what's really important? Is it really the business part? Because if you're financially stable, taking care of the four walls, right? Are you going to have this other part crumble? And just trying to get them to realize, like you say, that it's not necessarily about this one particular thing because the other parts are not taken right. care of. Right. And so, and then you'd have, uh, I have other clients uh, previously that may have things that were they, uh, Again, they're trying to, let's say, work a business, but the current financial situation is not the best. So, again, you start looking at taking care of the hierarchy of needs, taking care of yourself, your home, your uh, your needs are met. Then you can start focusing on these other things because starting that business is going to cost you money as well. Right. So if you currently can't take care of your normal day to day stuff, we may need to pause over here and solidify this part of it first so you can get to that part. Great, right? Better build it, not have to worry about it, not have to struggle. So sometimes again, it's just the mental picture needs a little bit come into focus yes. a little bit more. But Pointing that balance thing is huge. Yep, and, and I'm huge. sure there's people who look at you and just say like, "Nope, just want to be a millionaire." Like, <laughs> just want to be a millionaire. I, and I, because I literally have people that come in, they're like, "Oh, I'm just so unhealthy, and mm -hmm. I really want to get healthy." And, mm -hmm. like, and then I tell them something basic to do, and they're like, mm, "No, not going to do that." Absolutely. <laughs> or Absolutely. they'll be like, "No." I'm, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm just, my muscles are cramping. Well, do you drink any water? No. All right, we'll start there. Nah, I was just hoping you could give me something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, there's not really anything different. That's what you need. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to tell you. Exactly. Uh, so I, mm -hmm. what what happens then when, that, when they say, yeah, I want to double my business, mm -hmm. but you know that's probably not the best thing for them. What yeah. they probably need to do is just maintain their business, mm -hmm. figure out their relationships with their kids first, and then grow their business. After that's right. That. That's right. And, and so and you're absolutely right. That'd be my perspective. And, you know, you may bring these things up, but you're absolutely right. They come back with this is just what I want to do. OK, well, we can explore that. So then we take that piece that they're wanting to do and we build it out, put the steps in here, do the entire process thing. And then you just kind of let that happen. And then, you know, the next session, how is it? So tell me, how are things progressing since our last session? Well, uh, it really didn't. Okay, well, what happened? Well, why did you, why do you think this happened? And then now it's, well, I really need to focus on this. Okay, so well, now let's get back into the fold and let's look at these other pieces. So normally a session or two down the road, it comes back to the it. thing without you having to force it or, you know, beat them over the head about it. Because again, it's their session. These are the things that they are important to them. So you, you let that go and you focus on what they want to focus on in the back of your mind. It probably will come back to that. But at the end of the day, you're just trying to get them to realize that balance is very important. Alignment is very important for them to get to where they're trying to go. So that mental block thing uh, happens with a lot of people. Like you can only see this one thing and this is what you're focused on, uh, but you lose sight of all those other pieces, which is why they come to the coach in the first place. Something is wrong and they can't figure it out. And so normally we can see it, but we have to kind of help steer them toward that. Gently sometimes in other clients, you just have to push them a little bit because it's just built based on their relationship. Mm -hmm. And when it, like habits, I imagine, are a big thing that you work with people mm -hmm. on, right? Mm -hmm. what, um, I'm sure you have some book recommendations that I want you to mention at some point to, on like what would be good things for people that uh, maybe are far listeners and can't come and see you guys, like what they should start reading and, mm -hmm. and helping steer their life. But I've heard like with habits, the, the way to actually get good change is either the concept was like tether it to something or set a booby trap. 
essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like tethering it to like, like for example, if I want to take supplements, I I automatic I already um, brush my teeth every day, mm-hmm. so I could tether taking supplements to that where I just link it or set them next to my mm-hmm. toothbrush, mm-hmm. and then booby trap was like you put what you want to do in a place that you're gonna walk up, like mm-hmm. go past it so it triggers you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it might be like in our world, like spinal exercises is something that we try to get encourage people to do. And sometimes they're just like, well, yeah, that's like in my closet. Well, you don't see it anywhere, right? But if you put it on your, you know, your kitchen <laughs> pantry door, you know, the the cervical traction, it's like, oh, every time you walk in your kitchen, you see mm-hmm. it. It's like, oh, let me do five to ten of these. Correct. Right now, yeah. do you have anything like that, like habit tricks, or what? What what sort of things have you taught when it comes to like seeing people change habits? So, absolutely right. Uh, so, uh, part of that is uh, tethering is what we call habit stacking. So, you're absolutely right. Uh, personal examples for me, like uh, I put my cell phone in my closet. Uh, so, because if it's on the nightstand, I'm not getting up. I know that oh, goes off yeah. at five. I reach over, I hit it, and I roll back over. Yep. If it's in my closet, I have to get up, go, turn it off, and at that point, it's right next to the bathroom. I start getting ready. So that's a habit that I had to in place, put in place, just so I get up on time, so I can get to work, get my day started right. Then the stacking part comes in. You're absolutely right. So you have a thing that you're doing. You tie the next thing to it. Right. And you continuously stack the habits on top of each other to, to eventually get where you want to be. So last time I was in uh, the session, I did my paperwork uh, at uh, on the other location, and I told them I wanted to put on a few pounds right of muscle. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, uh, I have my pull-up bar hooked onto my closet yes. frame. So as I turn my phone off, I turn there and I do ten or fifteen knee tucks right there. Nice. So it also helps with my decompression. Yes. Right, and it helps me with my upper body strength. So all of that is tied right into just getting up in the morning before I even go in the bathroom and brush my teeth. Ashley uh, can't do a pull up, can she? Just real quick. She can. Uh, okay. She can. She does not like to, <laughs> but she can. Okay. Uh, she likes uh, the planks more oh, so okay. than uh, than pull ups. And well, uh, I have a question about. Mm-hmm. the cell phone thing mm-hmm. because I've tried that a few times when I wanted to start getting up early. Like I decided, all right, I'm going to start getting up early mm-hmm. and I would put it far away. Cause I know that I would have to get up and get it. Mm-hmm. And then my wife would just be furious that my alarm is <laughs> screaming at five, <laughs> five AM across the, the so basically across so the entire room. It's not perfect. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mountaintop. So, so I started sleeping in more. <laughs> I decided that wasn't a worthy goal. Well, so it, it just, again, it just depends on uh, if you need to do something, the environment plays a part and everybody in your environment mm-hmm. also plays a so part. So does she have earplugs in or does she just wake up at five or she just wakes up and then goes and then ignores it? So with Ashley, uh, when the alarm goes off at five, she doesn't hear it. She's gotten to the um, point now. It doesn't it doesn't bother her at all uh, because I get to the point where I set two. So the one on the nightstand is at 458. Right. Because it wakes me up and I hit it and I roll back over, but I'm not asleep. So when the five o'clock goes off, I actually get up and now I'm up. Oh, so that's I've the secret. To, nice. Yes, that makes sense. So, again, you try something, you put it in place and then you tweak it. Right. And so that's what I learned. If it's in anything more than two minutes, I'm going back to sleep. But within that, I'm still kind of loose, trying to get comfortable. Then five o'clock, I'm like, just go ahead and get up. And I go and I do all my stuff and I don't have a problem. Wow. Wow. But actually, she's like, she's knocked out. 
That's, that's what you want as a life coach that's getting up at 5 a.m. every mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. And is it just a habit that you've had from being in the military for so long? That's just what time you get up? Well, it's partly. So uh, we do get up early and we do a lot of things in the morning before the normal day starts. But for me, I just have noticed I have more energy, more clarity, more focus in the morning. Uh, one of those books we talk about, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now, but it'll come to me later. It really talks about uh, the things that you have to do that are important. You have to do them first. And that way, by the time the day starts, other people start calling, emailing, right. et cetera. The things that you had to do are already done. And so I kind of took that to heart and uh, started getting the things that I know I needed to do th- done first before I get everybody else's stuff will come later. And I need to get mine done. So that's where the five o'clock for me comes from. I get up, uh, do my exercises. I can get ready, get the clothes together, take the dog out. And at that point, I'm in my home office and I'm on my email, whatever I need to do for the business stuff. I watch the news, eat my bowl of cereal. And at that point now, when everybody else starts to move, I'm good for the day. I've taken care of my priorities and I just keep moving. That's good. And any I know Tom talked about book recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, you've mentioned Relentless to me. I'm sure being in the finance world oh, yeah. in the military, you've got some finance ones too. What would mm-hmm. be your top book recommendations for someone listening? So uh, Total Money Makeover, right? Because we yep. get into the finance Dave part. Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yep. I mean, it is awesome because it, to me, it is built on the systems. Uh, it's a common sense approach to somebody who's uh, made, been a millionaire, bankrupt, and millionaire again is now trying to teach the simple biblical based principles by how right. to uh, get your money together. I just think that's awesome. Uh, I could, could not recommend that enough. And he has actually a new book out called baby steps millionaire mm-hmm. because I did the total money makeover a long time ago, yeah. but this baby steps millionaire was pretty new. And I, I was like, ah, I've, I've kind of learned it all, but I'm going to listen to it again. And he has a whole entire thing on there about how to give an allowance to your kid and how mm-hmm. not to give an allowance mm-hmm. to your kid. And it was such a fascinating thing. Cause we just hit the age with our kids where they want money and they wanted an That's allowance. Right. They understand it. But I heard so many differing things. I didn't know what to do. And he, he walked through exactly how he gave mm-hmm. an allowance to his kids and why he thinks mm-hmm. he should do it that way. So there I'd recommend for sure. Total money makeover. And even that I baby steps millionaire, I think is mm-hmm. what it's called. And uh, Chris Hogan uh, wrote one, uh, Everyday Millionaire, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually pretty good, too. Uh, I recommend any of those. Again, Comptroller Background, Finance Background is, is just a great book. Which uh, is wild. Well, can you touch on that book a little bit? Because I read it, too, but it was it was pretty fascinating. And it was similar to the book The Millionaire Next Door mm-hmm. by Thomas Stanley, I think. Yeah, it was, it was years from ago. 40 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the new and improved version of that where they studied all these millionaires. But what were some mm-hmm. takeaways from that? <clears throat> And so absolutely right. So again, the book uh, years ago, I think they had a study, uh, a couple hundred, maybe a thousand uh, millionaires. They kind of studied their habits. The new one, they've had thousands of first time millionaires in the United States. So they did a study um, of these first time millionaires to ask them those basic questions. How did you get here? You know, what does this look like? Uh, what tips would you have for other people? So a lot of the book is basically on the statistics. The majority of these brand new millionaires in the United States did not come from money, mm-hmm. didn't come from Ivy League schools. Uh, most of these folks were um, normal, everyday people. The top three, I think it was architect, uh, engineer, and teacher. Brand new top three millionaires in the United States. I was like, teachers doing teacher, it. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, because, and then he kind of talked about the fact of the way they work and organize themselves, they are used to doing more with less, saving maximizing what they actually have and then giving to others, pouring into yeah. it. So he just went through this 
the way they go about their setting up their lives, uh, which was, like I say, just very, very interesting to me. That, and most of these folks are 401k millionaires. Budget, living below their, their, their means, contributing to the, uh, contributing to the 401k, maxing that out, and then just literally just living below their means over this period of time, paid off the house early, maxed out 401ks and millionaires. And yeah. they still clip coupons. Sure. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a way of life. Uh, it just caught me so by surprise. Which, which is funny because you'll see millionaires <clears throat> clipping coupons mm-hmm. and people that are dead broke paying full price. And it's but not everything. worth it. It's not worth it for them to go back mm-hmm. in the house and get a coupon. Exactly. And so it was interesting when I was mobilized uh, to Iraq in 2006. Uh, I had a uh, commander, Colonel Jim Greasy. He was he was the guy, uh, brigade commander. And uh, he and I would also would, would uh, walk to uh, the little shopette that we have in Iraq, and we had a dining facility where we all ate. Because we worked um, 12 plus hours every day for one day off a month. So we were always in the office together, always having these conversations. So he and I would just take a walk, say, hey, I need to go get some shaving cream or something to walk with. We just walk. And because he was right at 60 years old, I think at the time, uh, getting ready to retire as soon as we got back. And I was a young lieutenant, <clears throat> so I guess he was mentoring me. And so we would walk uh, and we would see the uh, other soldiers coming on base. And you, you'd have Popeye's, Burger King, all this American stuff yeah, on yeah. fast food places in Iraq, right? And so he, he told me one day, he said, Nate, just look around. And so I looked and he said, okay. He said, now you'll notice that all these people, soldiers that are buying, buying food, uh, you write full price, all this stuff overseas. He said, most of these are the lower ranking soldiers. I was like, I, it just never, right. I just never paid attention to it. So they're spending money to buy food. And he was like, the dining facility, you eat all you want, free ice cream, free, everything. So, yeah. free everything is literally around the corner. But they would rather buy food than be fed. Mm. I ate four times a day. Right. <laughs> and so it was just it just eye opening experience to look at to your point. Some people will spend all they have versus just literally walking around the corner, walking in the dining hall and eating until two, three plates until they are full and walk out. They'd rather pay for a, a, a Whopper combo. Yeah. It's like, it just didn't make sense. But it, it, it's habits and what people do. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things you put things again in place to keep you from your goal. You do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm and I'm curious about Iraq too. What, how long you were there, and what it was like mm-hmm. mentally being there and then coming back too. Well, yeah. So Iraq, uh, very hot, dry. It's like uh, so here it could be 90 degrees in humidity, and you're sweating buckets. Over there, it could be 120 degrees, and you dry as a bone. Right? It's just a different type of heat. So sand, heat. Um, there are some people. Well, at that point in time. Uh, there were some uh, third country nationals is what we call them because they the government tries to utilize contractors there to get services done for cooking, laundry, all that types of stuff. So you interact with a lot of local people mm-hmm. without having to go out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, so we did go out on missions, helicopter missions, all that kind of stuff. But uh, interacting with the people, our interpreters obviously are from the Iraqi uh, sure. Iraq area. So you inter- interact with them. They show you pictures of their families. Most Iraqis wanted to have a decent life just like anybody else. They just happen to be in Iraq and they happen to have dictators. Uh, so general population, 
you know, just like any other person, uh, you just had some that were just very, very hardcore insurgents. And we found out a lot of them were not even from Iraq, the people mm. we were fighting. They were coming in from other countries because they were the money part of it, right. getting paid. Wow. So, um, so being in Iraq away from home for a year uh, was a difficult thing. Uh, Natasha, my daughter, was here, mm -hmm. so I didn't want to leave her. Uh, so, but it did change uh, my outlook on life a good bit. So I realized because the first day we got into Iraq, you know, we left uh, South Carolina, went to uh, Oklahoma for training. We flew out of Fort Hood in Texas into Kuwait. We were in Kuwait for a week or two, then into Iraq. <clears throat> first night in Iraq, uh, there was a car bomb at the gate. Jeez. First night. And at that point, I was like, I'm in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've trained. Uh, I've been to school. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm a soldier. I'm like, but first yeah. night, get in the bed, and 20 minutes later, there's a bomb That's at the gate. That's wild. Uh, so at that point, your thought process has changed a little bit. Like, what's really important? And that was the family aspect, getting home to my daughter. Um, so so Iraq changed, uh, changed me for the better, I think. What if somebody wants to be a life coach? What advice do you have for them? Like, what should they start doing to pursue that pathway? Understood. Uh, first part, they need to like people yeah. uh, because it's not about uh, you know the millionaire making the money. It's really about connecting with people. So if if your personality is not one where you can sit down, have a conversation, and really put yourself in the other person's shoes, it may not be what you want to do, mm -hmm. right? Just based on what you're doing. Uh, because uh, as we were kind of uh, talking a little bit earlier, you know, as a life coach, you have to be a fan of your client. So when your client comes in, uh, I've already reviewed the notes from last session. I've gone all the way back to the beginning again. So when things pop up, well, when we initially sat down and talked, you told me this, this, and right. this was, and now we're talking something different, what changed? You don't get that if you're running from client to client and not a fan of your clients that when they're coming in. So understanding people, sitting down, trying to uh, figure out who they are, what makes them tick, where they're going, why these things are important to them, and trying to help them put all this together. So I'd say to me, it's really important to be a little process driven because uh, you kind of have to understand things fall in natural orders if you're going to help your clients create goals, create processes, create yeah. systems for themselves to, so that way they can prosper. Uh, but really that people part is just is huge, being able to listen. You got to be real empathetic, it mm -hmm. feels like. Yeah, because mm -hmm. sometimes like people will say stuff and I just go right into like solve the problem mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would be terrible. <laughs> just, to, um, But yeah, I think I think that's a that's a big thing is the the putting yourself in their shoes and really mm -hmm. feeling what they're, what they're going through and what the next steps are. Yeah. I got that from Ashley, uh, actually, uh, because I was the same way. Uh, after we got married, I would come home and she would tell me about her day. I would do the exact same thing, go right into this is, well, okay, well, understand this, this, and this, well, this mm -hmm. is what you need to do. Yeah. And she'd yeah. be mad. So I'm like, you mad at me? You brought, oh, you're to help <laughs> I'm you solving out. your problems. Yeah. Right? Like, what what's, do you mean? What's wrong? <laughs> uh, and so what I realized was at, at some point, you know, she would just want to explain it and talk right. it out. She didn't want my advice. And so I had to kind of start listening for the cues. So when she started talking to say, so you want me to give you an advice? Is this an, a right you want me to solve it or you want me to listen? I started asking that question. Up front. So I just want you to listen. Okay. 
you know, that's, whatever happens, it happens. I'm just listening at that point. Because I was going to ask, like, what? Yeah, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. when they start talking and they're telling you all this stuff, like, do you just? Like, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking about myself. <laughs> Like, okay, if I just listen, like I just sit there and stare mm-hmm. at you and listen, and mm-hmm. then I don't know what to respond mm-hmm. after they're done telling me everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. my response is is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be like. <laughs> Real short to the point. Yes, like, yes. Like, so <laughs> is there like a, is there a canned response that we could just be like, oh, yeah, like maybe it's like, sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Anything I can do. So, uh, <laughs> I need a script. <laughs> so uh, if if there's anything uh, canned, canned response, I would say if as you're listening, something is going to not sound right mm-hmm. and just say, tell me more about that. Right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Because at that point, you get a little bit deeper into whatever it is, and then that may give you the thing that comes next. So, you know, just something. Just tell me more about that. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. This is like awesome. But I think that's probably like a very fairly universal thing because I'm sitting here thinking like, so, and in that scenario, like you're not actually telling them the mm-hmm. very basic solution. You're just. Well, mm-hmm. and what's, yeah, what's wild is you may have the solution and you still can't yes, tell them it. Absolutely. That's what's great. That's yep. what I was thinking. You're right. Because as you're listening, it's like. Uh, one plus one is two, right? Uh, but see, that's in but, my mind. But it's, right? yeah. And so yeah. again, uh, with the with the person you, you're dealing with, the client, you're trying to get them to see yes. that. So you're trying to walk. They got to come up with the answer. Yeah. You're trying to actually um, make them see um, how it works for them. Right. So again, my one plus one may be two. Their uh, four minus two may be two. So right. their perspective on it may be different. We still may have the same answer. Yeah. But they just may have a totally different way about yeah, getting there. That's that, good. <clears throat> and and what about so this is kind of on the same point, but a slightly different thing. Let's say that they're telling you something that you don't care about, but mm-hmm. you know it matters to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting coaching. Right <laughs> we need this. We need this. So uh, back to what we were saying earlier, right? <laughs> it's all about the client. <laughs> so whatever they're interested in, you have That's to be what interested, you're interested in. in. Yeah, I so- don't care about this at all. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks for telling me. I just didn't care at all. <laughs> um, well, no. All right. To clarify that, though, it would be like if somebody said, like, which color of red do you want? Yeah. And they're, they all look identical to <laughs> me and I couldn't care less yeah. between 19 different shades of red. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the right way to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe there is no right that's way to what's say tough. it. Or may, so, ha, I've tried it a couple ways. I've tried it where I choose. The, I just pick one mm-hmm. and say like, oh, I love that shade. Lord. And then I've tried the other one where I said, like, I just don't care. And then I've tried the other one. I said, well, what do you like? And then just agree with mm-hmm. that person. So I would say there, uh, like you have 19 shades of red and the question comes of which one do you like? He said, well, I don't know the difference between them. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, so now oh, that's good. Getting the input because the person asking you the question, obviously they see they a see difference, difference between these 19 shades of red. But this one may look good in the morning. This one right here reminds me of summer. Mm. This one right here is a little bit more pinkish. And this one makes me sad when I look at it. You know, so you kind of get that. So now you got context That's to the good. question. Ashley's just a lucky one. So. <laughs> I mean, we just need to call Nate. We're, uh, hold on one second. Nate, here's the scenario. Uh, hey, God, I'm going to record this for my coaching session later with Nate. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And actually like now it's Christmas card season. Like mm. I've been getting a lot of those questions of like, what card is this? And like, who do you think? And I'm like, I'm not sure who a wants a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what they would care what they look like kind of thing. I got So I yeah, bad, bad. Uh, <laughs> um, so with, with, uh, everyday wellness, mm-hmm. which your initials are EW, which I told Ashley, that means EU. I figure. And, yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but what's, what do you guys see in the future? Like what's, uh, next steps what are some things or opportunities that you guys are heading down in the next i don't know five ten years okay well good so right now uh so you remember we started we were in a little smaller mm-hmm. space and so we just finished the uh expansion into a larger space so we went from two clinic clinical offices one massage parlor to like seven offices and a massage so we've tripled the space nice. um so we're just trying to get more counselors in so we can provide more services to the community uh, down the road, uh, we're looking at uh, following some of your footsteps as far as expansion into other offices. Oh, nice. Uh, so we may not be in the Columbia area, but maybe a Greenville, uh, Charleston, or maybe some of the, uh, you know, like an Orangeburg, Newberry, where she's from. So we're, we're kicking those ideas around Sweet. now to doing satellites. And so we're trying to look at how does the staff work? Can you have a one person here for a couple of clinicians, remote places here? So that way, admin staff in Columbia could be the main hook managing all right. this stuff. So we're now looking into how do we expand in satellite spaces. We need to put a little counselor in our brickyard location. This, this is actually a recruiting yep. podcast. Yep. <laughs> 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 um, well, awesome. Like now, you, are you from here? You're from Columbia? From Abbeville, about two hours from here. And then, and Ashley's from Newberry. Newberry. Mm-hmm. What do you guys like about Columbia? Like, do you guys see yourself here long term? Is this mm-hmm. kind of your home now? Yes, we do. So we're on the northeast side. Yep. Uh, which the good side. <laughs> so ten years ago, well, in 2010, uh, when we actually moved out there, it was a very small. Well, it was smaller. Yeah. Right type of community. Yeah. So, uh, but since then, it has just grown. I think it grows five, six percent a year. So it's it's blowing up. Now sure. You got a, another Sand Hills out there. The car dealerships are going up. The hospitals right. out there now. Extension. I mean, it just. <clears throat> but what we liked um, about Blythewood was that it was a little further out. Uh, it's still kind of quiet. But what we like about the Columbia area, I mean, it, it's central to just about everything. Right. So uh, downtown Columbia, you know, actually likes to go out and have some good food. She likes to club, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> so she likes to hang out. Uh, so, yeah, so she likes the downtown. Yeah. Again, why the offices, you know, right there right. off of Gervais Street. So she likes being in the middle being able to walk and get food, ice cream, which is her thing, mm-hmm. uh, sweets and snacks and all that kind of stuff. So she, we just really like the the family atmosphere that's here. Uh, we were like Greenville as well uh, with their downtown. Yeah, uh, nice. I got family all in the upstate, so we go visit them. But Columbia is home, um, and so it's the family feel, very connected, feel very safe. Yes. Right? We know there's stuff going on uh, everywhere, but, you know, I don't feel uh, – Walking the streets, I don't feel right. like I'm going to get attacked or right. stuff like that. So I really like the the family, the, the safety, just the in the uh, the ambiance of yeah. Columbia. I mean, it's great. You and are you still connected with Fort Jackson at all, or or you like the idea that I like the idea that there's military here? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So between uh, we have multiple. You're right, bases here. You got Shaw, yeah. which is not too far down the right. road. Uh, the Air Force Base. You got Fort Jackson here. A number of National Guard bases. Uh, Joint National Guard bases. So, I mean, the military community is huge 
right. huge in this area. Even in my neighborhood, um, the guy uh, was across the street, was a contractor uh, with Raytheon in the military. The one beside him retired Fort Jackson in the finance right. community. Uh, my neighbor that just moved, he retired from Fort Jackson. Uh, the guy on the corner is in Fort Jackson going the other way. Uh, yeah. His son is in uh, the Navy. The son stays in the neighborhood too. Uh, drill sergeants, just, I mean, full just in my neighborhood. Yeah. So if you come in my neighborhood acting <laughs> up, there's no telling what you'll find. Because uh, it's military literally in the entire right. neighborhood. And that's in uh, Northeast in Blackwood. So, but it just is so much of a military presence yeah. here. And Columbia loves the military. If I, when I was uh, still in uniform, I can't remember how many times I actually paid for a meal. Really? That's awesome. <clears throat> I didn't look for it. But sure. It was so great. No, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, people all over the place. I mean, thank you for your Take service. Care, yeah. And then I'm waiting on the ticket. I talked to the waitress. So it's so-and-so paid for them. Like, what well, next time they come in, tell them thank you. Right. I mean, it didn't tell me anything. They just right. paid my ticket. And That's left. cool. So it's, yeah. yeah, Columbia's great. And then anyone who wants to come see you. So there's probably people sitting here listening like, all right, I got to see him or I got a, con mm -hmm. got a consultation. Mm -hmm. Um, it, is it, do they just call the office? They, they go to everyday wellness, mm -hmm. call the office, say that they want to make an appointment with you. Yeah. And then you said that 50% are virtual, 50% are in person. In person mm -hmm. But if they're in the Columbia area, you generally want them to be in oh, person. Yeah. yeah. They come on in and we can actually sit down again. It helps with building that rapport. Uh, so we actually have a conversation, get comfortable, water, coffee, snacks, whatever it is. And we sit down and have a conversation. Um, so yeah, if you're in the Columbia area, I would, you know, at least the first session or two, come in, have a conversation, let's sit down and kind of work through some things. Uh, but after that, if you want to go to virtual only, which is completely fine, very easy setup. We have a, we're in simple practice, the system, literally we set your appointment. It sends you a reminder the day before, and then 15 minutes before the session, I think you get another reminder. You hit the button, join, and we're talking. I mean, it's. It's literally, wow. you can do it all on your phone. Yeah. Uh, the telehealth uh, is, has been a upside from COVID. Yeah. Telehealth has been uh, has been a lot more accessible. Cool. Especially and with you guys work with companies. kids too, which is cool. Like yes. I know my son's been with Janelle for a while mm -hmm. with, and doing some of the online stuff too, which is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kids, uh, you know, all walks, uh, kids, teenagers. Uh, yeah, the uh, the silver saints, what Janelle calls them, uh, the older, oh, the older. I was like, oh, silver saints. I've never heard of that. Yeah, Janelle's got a lot of uh, a lot of sayings that she. Uses. <laughs> the silver saints is, I think, my favorite. Uh, yeah, so she's uh, she's great. So yeah, the practice. If they want to go to, I think it's info at Everyday Wellness. Uh, we're on. Uh, I think we'll post the uh, the Facebook. Yeah, Instagram, we'll put, we'll yeah, we'll all, put that all that kind of stuff. So really, just click on it, or the, I think we'll we'll put the uh, the office number up there too. Yep. But they call in and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in coaching, and then uh, Peyton, our uh, admin specialist, she gets you hooked right up, gets yeah. you plugged in on the calendar. And I saw you you made it on um, was it Turquoise Tanks ink i think on and was it on instagram, on instagram where he was yeah, in a tank top matching his wife yeah. <laughs> does your wife pack your clothes you <laughs> no it was a really good write-up about you <laughs> in a tank top and i forget the handle but i think it was like turquoise, turquoise tanks or, or surreal estate or something like that but yeah yeah so good. uh we um we try especially when we vacation to do little quirky stuff like that <laughs> so colors does she pack them for you or you do you guys sit there together and 
and pick out we're going to wear red on Friday. So we kind of worked that out together because uh, we knew what her colors were. And then so yep. my stuff was purchased to match her colors. That's great. And so at that point, we packed it all to make sure I didn't leave my, my colors. At that That's point. amazing. <laughs> and she likes I think she actually mentioned, too, she likes it when you wear a tank top underneath your shirt because mm-hmm. yes. of the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I've started doing that a little more. <laughs> <laughs> just yes. in case allison likes it. yeah i don't know if she does or not but i like it <laughs> it doesn't hurt uh all right everybody go check them out go check out everyday wellness appreciate you guys listening um we'll see you next time here we're here for the health of it for the health of it